Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me, mayor of Shemokin Dam. Good conservative, natural born listener, but his favorite title is a four letter word uttered by his kids when they look across the table and say, Who told you that? The four letter word they use for me. (laughs) (laughs) And no, the other one, the good one. Oh, the good one. Okay, that's Papa. Right. There you go. Okay. Rob Center's our fabulous producer. Oh, no. Lynn Hall's our fabulous producer. Pays to look around, Mark. Just pay attention for five minutes. It won't kill you. All right. With that on the news line, we're glad to say that we asked for and received an opportunity to talk to Encina. I call it a plastics recycling plant. they got a much more official name for it in Point Township. Michael Marr is on the line, Director of Government Relations and Compliance. Good morning, Michael. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning, and I have my uh, colleague, Shada Sahandi, our Chief Sustainability Officer, with me as well. Fantastic. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, the thank you, Shada. Thanks uh, for calling in, Joe. Well, out of curiosity, you know, when we first invited you on the program, it was in response to another uh, guest that we had who was talking about some unanswered questions. But last night, you've had kind of a setback, uh, and it says the, in the newspaper this morning in our story that you're going back to the drawing board. Can you build this with the uh, limit? now being imposed on you by uh, the township? Well, that is the question that we're looking at right now. Um, it was most certainly not the outcome we wanted. It was a disappointing evening for sure. But we're going to see if we can make this work. We're committed to doing the project and doing it in Point Township, if at all possible. Um, we you know, had surveyed other sites prior to choosing this one. But uh, I think it's going to take us a little bit of time to go back to the drawing table, as you say, and to get the written um, right, the, the write-up of the opinion about the denial, just to get a better understanding of the basis of the denial before we make any major decisions. Well, I'm curious, what was there about the Point Township site that made you choose it over all the others you looked at? Um, we did look at quite a few, and I think Point Township was particularly appealing because it met so many of the criteria that we were interested in. Um, for one, the fact that there was a, a manufacturing job base there um, where we could get skilled labor and bring the employment opportunity to the community and have a stable workforce with all of the um, educational institutions that are in the region that seemed like a, a, a very strong uh, factor in favor of Point Township. There's also the location um, regionally vis-a-vis places that really do have some struggles with handling the, the plastic wastes, and so there would be um, an opportunity to help multiple regions uh, address that, that issue uh, for, for their solid waste management purposes. And the site itself is is great because it's flat. It's it's got rail access, and um, you know, relatively close to the the freeway. So you know, there are a lot of different attributes. But I'd say the first one was just the community that's there, as far as 
the support they could give in the in in running the operation. It's one of your options to consider appealing the zoning decision from Point Township last night. That's one of the things we're going to decide once we see what the basis of the denial was. All right. What is the timeline for this? If uh, let's just sort of say, if you hadn't received that news, and are you speculating on any change in the timeline? So the timeline prior to this decision was that we were going to start site prep at some point this year, probably starting mid to late summer, and the full facility was scheduled to be up and running in 2026. Now, we're going to have to go back, like we said, to the drawing board to see if, you know, if we want to do the appeal or if there's re-engineering that needs to be done. We have not yet had a chance to run that through our various um, schedules to see what the impact would be. One of the things that people who are talking in, let's say, less than glowing terms about the project point out is that this is based on a small-scale project in Texas and that this has never been tried on a large scale. Would you respond to that? Sure. We do have a PDU, which stands for a Process Demonstration Unit, in San Antonio, Texas. There's a photo of, of that on the website. The website, by the way, is encinapointtownshipallwrittenout.com. And the reason that that is not a full-scale model is that a lot of the parts of what we're doing have been done for a long time, and they really didn't require that kind of testing to need a full-scale um, test facility, so to speak, which would have also been a, a little unwieldy. So the, the purpose of that particular unit is to test different parts of the process and, and see what they would look like at different scales. So it gives us important information for building the full-scale model, um, and that's it's true that this size of project doing exactly what we're doing hasn't been done before, but that's part of what makes it exciting and innovative. And the equipment that we're going to be using has largely been in use for decades in other um, in other industries. And so there isn't we don't have a, a big concern about the sort of putting it all together and, and understanding what's going to happen. There's been a tremendous amount of modeling done, so. It's true that it's a bigger scale than what we have in San Antonio, but that's that's on purpose and for a good reason. And, and Shade, I'll add that we we have we have the confidence of the marketplace behind us. We have a, a seven-year contract signed with with um, a company called Amstai based on what they've seen from our San Antonio unit, and we have a number of other um, well-known manufacturers who are far along in the discussions with us about. T- Taking, making an off-take agreement with us and and being, in fact, our customers. Um, so we've got the, the marketplace confidence um, behind us based on their scientific review of what we've done in San Antonio. Tell us more about this technology that you'll be uh, utilizing. That seems to be one of the frequently asked questions. So it's a, it's a catalyst-based technology primarily, um, which, which means it will... Uh, create a, a, a reaction within a contained safe zone to convert uh, the plastic feedstock, uh, common everyday items uh, that, that you know make up the things we use every day into the chemical components that uh, make up those, those uh, products. 
So it will break down products such as the tennis shoes I'm wearing as I speak to you um, into uh, other components that in turn can be made into either tennis shoes or a, a, a cooler or some other type of, of product that you and I use every day. In the past, recycling plastic denigrated the quality of the plastic that was used. It, does this process not do that? That's a great question, and the, and the, the, the short and simple and, 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 and uh, complete answer is yes. Uh, it, does, it, it does not denigrate. Um, it, it creates the building blocks in their purest form so that they can be made into new products. The denigration you speak to, which is absolutely right with traditional uh, pl plastic uh, recycling, um, limits the use of applications that can be used in terms of what that plastic recycling can output on the back end. Our process is, is different because, you know, as your question um, alludes to, you can take and reconstitute new products such as the sneakers on my feet or, 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 or a cooler or a toothbrush. Many of the, the, the plastic products that we utilize and rely on every day. One of the things we've heard from people in the community is that the international aspects of this are somewhat concerning, that there's Chinese involvement, there's Australian involvement, Italian involvement. How much of this is going to be an American project? Well, we think the workers are going to be 100% American, and that's what this is all about. This is about bringing jobs, 300 jobs once we're permanently operated, operating 600 to 900. That's a, that's, a, that's a range depending on activity level, construction jobs during construction. You know, I think as a proud American, anytime that a, a, a non-American investor wants to come in and help create American jobs, by all means, we should take it. And that's what this is all about. This is about attracting investment opportunity from around the world to create jobs right here in central Pennsylvania. Well, there are people who are somewhat less enthusiastic about Chinese involvement. Well, I don't know where that Chinese involvement is coming from. Um, that there's absolutely no truth to that. I think there may be some confusion because there's some South Korean support, uh, for, for financial support for the project. Um, but, but for those who are aware of uh, East Asian uh, political um, uh, dynamics, uh, South Korea and China are two very, very different com uh, countries. They're, in fact, right. bitter rivals. Uh, dig into the uh, chemical processes as it well scratch that as it relates to water discharges and air discharges and the permitting. Walk us through uh, what will be discharged or what will be consumed, I guess, by way of water, and then what will be discharged by way of water and discharged by way of air. Sure, I can take that. So the the water um, is primarily coming from the river. And that was actually one of the factors that made the site so ideal for this kind of uh, manufacturing use. What's, what we're anticipating is that on average, in a single year, we're going to have about four, um, I'm sorry, about 2.3 uh, million gallons of water that is taken out. And it's going to be treated twice. It's going to be treated once prior to our use and then once after use before it is put back in the river. The use on site is going to be for two purposes. One is the washing of the plastics, and that's going to be done just with water. There's no you know, detergents or surfacants or anything um, other than the water to rinse off any uh, residue that may be on the materials, if there's food or anything else left that needs to be washed off prior to getting used. 
And that water that then goes into, um, I'm sorry, the second use is cooling. So I read somewhere that the water is going to be uh, what what is used to to melt the plastics, and that's not that's not one of the uses we make of the water. It's it's as as a cooling device. So in any event, um, all the water coming back out, and we expect that to be about two thirds of what was taken in. The rest just basically evaporates. That water will go through um, a membrane bioreactor system, which is a fancy way of, of saying something that is going to take out um, any contaminants that, that might be in the water. It's, it's going to be tested for being at the appropriate temperature. Uh, it's dissolved oxygen amounts, chlorine, uh, pH, total dissolved solids, hardness, silica, nitrogen, phosphates, metals. I mean, just anything that you want to be sure is not going to be in the water at rates that are, are in any way damaging um, will be tested for. And we're working with a company called Veolia. Um, we don't have a contract with them yet, but that's who we're talking about designing this system. And they have a tremendous amount of experience of water treatment. So in any event, there's going to be... Um, continuous testing for for the materials that, that I just spoke of, and also there's going to be sampling um, from time to time to ensure that the water that is getting put back in the river is is of, of the highest quality. And I, I have to confirm this because I heard it, and I just it's a little bit hard to believe, but I heard uh, it said that the water is actually drinkable after it goes through the Veolia system. So don't quote me on that quite yet, but I mean it's it's at the levels where um, if all goes as as planned, well, there's going to be no there's going to be no real issue with the discharge. Well, if it isn't drinkable when it comes out of there, when does it become drinkable? Because there are quite a few communities downstream from you that take their water out of the river for their residents. Well, I will. I will double check that. But um, um, I'm sorry, my client. Yeah, I'll just add. I don't think anybody's. No community's taking river water directly out and just giving it to their consumers to drink. There's filtration down, literally downstream from us, um, with anybody drinking the river water. Um, so, you know, that, that's really how I'd answer that. Well, except that, you know, they, they treat it for certain things as required by the state, as I'm sure you're well aware. If you're adding something new to the mix, that would be a concern, wouldn't you think? Uh, I, I think as a hypothetical, yes. I think in, in reality, the answer is no. We're not going to be adding something to the water that's, that's not already there that has to be filtered out. And, and you know, or if that was in fact the case, um, we'd, we'd have to design it differently. What about the temperature? Because we've heard that it's going to be 90 degrees coming out, and people said, oh, that'll cause all sorts of blooms in the river. It'll make for unpleasant boating. Yeah, I'm not actually sure where that came from, the idea that it's going to be at 90 degrees. Um, I don't think that's that's factually true. What I understand is that the system is actually testing for the appropriate temperature before it can be released in the water, and that temperature range would be something that, in fact, intentionally is set so as to not cause any um, harmful effects to the water or the ecosystem. Water is H2O. What will be in this other than those two chemicals? Uh, well, go ahead, Jane. Like, like Michael said, I mean, it's we're not adding... We're not adding anything that isn't going to be 
um, so this water is used to, to rinse off basically the organic materials that might remain on um, on the plastics that come in. So th- between that and the cooling, um, we don't anticipate that there's going to be anything added in that's going to be harmful for the water, and, and, and that's what all the testing is for, is to make sure that none of the things that could conceivably be um, in the mix um, and more are tested for to ensure they're not there before the water is released into the into the river. Yeah, and there will be a prescribed limit uh, limits, I should say, set by the DEP that that will govern how we run the facility. So it will be no different than any other uh, uh, similar operation along the Susquehanna. We're not going to be adding new uh, new new you know, elements into the river water. What's uh, so just, what's what's going to happen? Right. What, what's going to happen to the organic matter that you flush off the plastics? Where will that wind up? So that winds up in the in what we you know not so pleasantly call the sludge. Um, that is that is filtered out and um, disposed of offsite. So it's it's sent off-site and disposed of it, you know, according to whatever the standards are for that material in the region. All right, air discharge. Tell us about that. Sure. So um, we are actually in the process of applying for permits, which are, you know, the primary way to ensure that there isn't um, sort of unhealthy air pollution resulting from our processes. So there are uh, permits that regulate the amount of different discharges and since our uh, machinery is actually still being selected um, we don't have the final numbers but what we can tell you is that there are strict regulations that we have to be in compliance with about discharges to the air and for those um, if we there's ever an exceedance you're basically out of compliance with the permit and uh, and and subject to the um, Responses from PDEP. So that's the that's the primary way that the air discharges are regulated. All right, uh, we're just about out of time. So anything you wish to add? There's certainly many more questions, I'm sure, out in the community. But this will be our first glimpse at this. We'll see how you handle the uh, drawing board activity or appeal <laughs> of the zoning. But uh, anything you wish to add now? Yeah, I would just add that we have been trying our absolute best to respond to any and all questions, and we've had two public um, opportunities, one recently that went for several hours, and um, we're posting all of the questions and responses on the website, so people should please feel free to reach out to us with any additional questions they might have and to really check out the website to get informed about what we're doing. We're excited about being in Point Township. We think we can bring a lot of good you know, uh, stable, solid, well-playing jobs to the community, and and we look forward to being there. Uh, I'm curious, and because it relates to last night, uh, what is it that requires you to have such or to want such a tall building? Well, the the irony there is we were trying to reduce the footprint of of the site, and with the size of site that we have, the the specific machinery that's needed needs to, to, to sort of have a certain amount of run, and um, the height that we were requesting is in excess when, when that machinery is put together in excess of the limit. So it's, um, 
it's machinery that is just designed a certain way and it has a certain height to it and we were hoping that given that it's already an industrially zoned area um that you know it it would not create the the concerns that it seems to have created. One of our listeners adds a note: Have you gotten your approvals from the Susquehanna River Basin Commission yet on the on the consumption and discharge of water? Not yet. That is on the list of the series of permits. We're going in a certain order, so that we are speaking with them, and we're going to be starting that process shortly. But the, the actual withdrawal amount um, is is not as large as it sounds in the context of other withdrawals from the river. And I think given that the Merck facility is also leaving um, and their water consumption will no longer be occurring, um, we're optimistic that we can we can um, show that this is not going to be a large impact to the, the flows of the river. Mike, last question for you before <laughs> we let you go. Out of all the states that you've looked at, how does Pennsylvania stack up with respect to the amount of hoops you have to jump through? Oh, there's always hoops. Um, you know, no, no matter where you 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 want to develop in the U.S., every state's a, a, a little bit different. Their own own unique ways. I will say, Pennsylvania's probably a little more localized than other uh, other states that that you know we've looked at or I've been involved in in the past. Um, but that's the process here, and we're 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 happy to continue to go through the process and try to make this work and bring the hundreds of construction jobs and hundreds of operational jobs and the $1.1 billion of investment here to central Pennsylvania. All right. Well, do stay in touch. You have an open mic to talk about these important topics, and we'll dig in with more detailed questions uh, after your drawing board work is done and your permitting uh, starts to uh, proceed. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate your taking the time to be with us. Thank yep, you for thanks having for having us. Take care. Thank you so much. That is um, Sheeda Sahandi is the Chief Sustainability Officer with NCNA, and Michael Morris, the Director of Government Relations and Compliance. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we got some emails uh, on this topic, so we'll look at those, and uh, we will be right back. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. All right, welcome aboard WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can call us, 570-743-9565. One of our listeners says two-thirds of the water returned to the river seems very inefficient. Yeah, sorry, we didn't see that while they were still on the line, although it is a chemical process involving some heating. Well, it involves evaporation. They said what doesn't get returned to the river has evaporated, which means it's back into the environment, right? Right, and they will undoubtedly have some that gets uh, filtered out. 
because it doesn't meet the discharge standards. So, right. uh, reaction, you think they're fairly forthcoming? Do you have a feeling about that? Well, they seem to answer. What I try to do is answer all the questions that uh, Dan Burrard brought up when he was on the mm-hmm. air the other day. They seem to have answers for it, although they did dodge the uh, question about foreign involvement. Uh, although mm-hmm. they did say that there's no Chinese involvement. They did say that directly, okay. did they not? Yep. And uh, I think, uh, well, you heard what they said, folks. What's your reaction? I guess uh, give us a buzz, 570-743-9565. It is also an open day, and so we can talk about the topic of your selection. Stan likes to get in first. You get a minute now and more time later if you want it. Well, I hope the Encina project gets completed. You know, I hope everything comes out and they, they do it to standard so that the environment's safe and all that and uh you get the jobs need the jobs around the area so we'll have to wait and see because what is it three years maybe it'll be up and running they say that's yeah. what i got out of it yeah okay so that's so that's that now mark <laughs> you have said it in the past that you think governor newsom of california is a good presidential candidate for the for the Democrats. Have you said that? No, no, he's not a good candidate. He's too liberal. There are a couple good Democrats. I told you Gretchen Whitmer I thought might be okay, but a lot of people say she's got too much But you have mentioned Newsom as a Right, he's definitely a contender. Yep, he's one of the ten people interested. Right, so would you like to have a tyrant in charge of the U.S.? (laughs) Again? We do. I'm just asking that. We have one now. right now, what is he doing? He is threatening Walgreens pharmacies that they will do no business in California. And he didn't say not business in California. The California government will not do business with Walgreens because Walgreens will not be selling the abortion pill in 20 states because it's against the law. Well, and there's some people who Think won't. on that for a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you can. Is that even legal to carve out one particular. No, it's not legal. <laughs> retailer and say, oh, no, you're off the list. <laughs> I don't think well, so. Well, that's Newsom. He's probably too busy at the French laundry restaurant having his wine. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. <laughs> this is WK, okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. So we started out with the Encina Corporation on the line. Two of their individuals were here. And if you'd like to comment on that, feel free to give us a buzz. Uh, 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com and text us at 70236. Always include the keyword OTM. The way that you do that is you type in 70236 for the number you're going to text to. Then in the field, the next three letters you can put in, either lowercase or uppercase, OTM, and then a space. And that way, what happens is our Text Connect system here involves all the other departments. You can text sales if you wish to, or just WKOK in general over in the newsroom, or news, or if you're talking to 94KX, you could put that you're headed to this. This uh, sends the message to the right department. So that's why you want to text to the right place, OTM, space, and then mark is a great opinionator. Bring, have him do more shows and pay him more money, or whatever your text is. They would, they would. Well, I doubt it's going to be that. You don't think so? No, okay. I don't think <laughs> so. All right, get rid of Joe. He never listens to Mark's wise <laughs> wisdom. 
Yeah, you'd be hoping for that one, I can tell. <laughs> My lovely bride will send that in. All right, On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Again, that number, 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. Northumberland County DA Tony Matalevich will not be on the May primary ballot after not handing in his petitions on time. He didn't miss the deadline by one minute when he turned in his petition at 5.01 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. He missed it by 31 minutes. Doors closed at 4.30. He got there at 5 o'clock and managed to get a courtesy acceptance of the petitions uh, from whomever was at the desk, but uh, it is pending a review from the Department of State who said, no, you got to be there before 4.30 for county offices. That's what he's running for, county DA. So, uh, no word from Tony Matalevich what he's going to do yet. So, we do receive news releases uh, from him occasionally about his campaigns and so on. So, we'll keep you posted about that. He's probably going to get a wristwatch. Well, that, that's a little <laughs> late for that. <laughs> so, uh, so therefore, yeah, we'll talk about that. But, uh, yeah, you can, uh, he'll, he can do a writing campaign. He can appeal the decision or do nothing. So those are three of the options that come into my mind. The borough of Lewisburg's moving forward with their code red emergency notification system. And they'll use it for notification of some good news, too, via text message, email, landline message uh, also, and posting it on their website, uh, Borough of Lewisburg says that they're interested in uh, letting residents know what's going on. To provide them up-to-date event information or also the most important is to give you emergency notifications if streets are closed, if you're going to start to be inconvenienced by flooding situations, and also it's tied right into the emergency weather notification system. You can hear all of Shannon Berkey's remarks at WKOK.com. She also talks about the emergency sirens. You have to sign up for Code Red if you live in Lewisburg. Trib Live is reporting a Pennsylvania group that advocates for public education says it's deeply disappointed by Governor Josh Shapiro's proposed funding support for state-owned universities. Shapiro's 2% increase includes neither the funding that the system's leaders sought to freeze tuition for a fifth year across the 800 50,000 student system, nor does it include a $112 million special request to support students pursuing careers in high-demand fields. The initiative from the state system leaders included a $56 million tuition reduction cost for education majors at a time when Pennsylvania is struggling to fill teacher posts. A day after unveiling his first budget proposal, Josh Shapiro visited Hershey yesterday, the State Police Academy. In an effort to boost the ranks of the state police, Governor Shapiro says his budget proposal provides the PSP with four new cadet classes next year and a $2,500 personal income tax credit for new troopers. Shapiro says his budget would also provide the state police with a dedicated funding source that will no longer take money from road and bridge repairs. It's frankly foolish that we have forced the critically important aspect of infrastructure funding and the obviously critically important aspect of state police funding to compete with one another. It's gone on for too long. It ends on my watch. The governor says he also wants to make sure state police have the resources to maintain and replace critical equipment. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. A man who says he has a disease that causes him to caress women's legs, whether they want it or not, is stepping down. 
down from the state house. Are you that's okay? his disease. Well, that's what <laughs> that's the symptom. That I've never the, heard that. That's the symptom that the women experience. Oh, okay. Democratic Representative Mike Sable of Delaware County is uh, stepping down. Yeah, one of the women says, "Let's see, let's see." He complimented her appearance, put an arm around her, touching her back. Said, asked her if she wanted to go upstairs. And, you know, caressed her leg and so on. So that's just one of the victims who said mm. that Mr. Sable. But anyway, he's out. Uh, I wonder if he's going to be a vegetable now. A spokesman for the 81-year-old veteran Kentucky senator says McConnell was attending a private dinner at a Washington hotel when he tripped and was then admitted for treatment. In 2019, the GOP Senate leader tripped and fell at his home in Kentucky, then suffering a shoulder fracture. If he falls every 10 years, does that, or two years, does that make him what the Republicans call a vegetable now? I don't know, but if a Senate majority leader falls in the woods, does it make a sound? <laughs> yes, his aides <laughs> call 911 right away. All right, we do have some other brief conversation starters. Yesterday on International Women's Day, a court in Spain ordered a woman to pay his ex-wife $215,000. You just said a court ordered his wife to pay. Oh, a court ordered a man to pay his ex-wife $215,000 for 25 years of unpaid housework. The court called it uh, uncompensated domestic labor. He was ordered to pay her a monthly pension for all the time she spent working for him and now sets a new European standard for housewives and house husbands, I would presume, as well. And they say money can't buy happiness. Now, you're a glonk zillionaire. Are you happy? Yes. Okay. Well, apparently you have you made less than $500,000 a year. A Nobel Prize-winning economist conducted a study and found that the more money people make, make, the happier they are, but only up to a cap of $500,000. That's where happiness peaks. Earning more than that will not make you any happier. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so it's a good thing your salary was kept at a half a million dollars. I would, I would have been delighted to have right. made half a million dollars right. a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> you could have made five times as much probably some years. Well, believe me, I'd have been very happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yes, and I uh, will readily admit to our audience that in my present salary, I earn less than the happiness scale. But you could, so that means you have a lot to look forward to. Right. Any extra I'm, dime you get is going to increase your happiness. I plan to work till I'm 100 so that I can stay on the happiness That'd be scale. a necessity, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, when Encina was on the plant, one of our listeners sent us a note. Says, I recall, as I recall, Bob Garrett, president of the region's business chamber, has lamented for months that there are not enough workers in the area. Won't this factory take its, quote, hundreds of workers, unquote, from other local businesses and exacerbate the local labor, labor problems? That's a good question. Well, well, yeah, and you do have an ongoing adjustment of uh, workers uh, these days. Uh, individuals don't wish to work. So our labor participation rate around here matches the national average, which is about 62%, which means about 30% of the people who could work don't, for you know, for whatever reason. That's their prerogative. And um, th what you have now is that you have companies that have to, you know, this is good if you're the worker. They have to pe keep paying you more and paying you more to right. keep you there. You know, you're 
you have people, workers around here, that are earning $10, 15, uh, $15 an hour for jobs that in the past might have been minimum wage. But now to keep them, you know, I think of Starbucks as being the 15-hour range. Most places that well, are sort of locally owned businesses don't pay that high, but some do. That's the market at work. There's a $30-hour uh, per hour business that operates in our broad region if somebody wants to work in a manufacturing plant. So, um, and of course, you can go up to Bardi's and work for Conagra for more than $30 an hour at times, thanks to mm. the union up there. So, uh, yes, it will exacerbate that. It'll make it harder for other businesses. Uh, certainly a $70,000 range, you have basically sort of the Merck level of salary for working class individuals that get uh, educated and trained up there and they want you to stay and so they make it worth your while. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it will. Hundreds of jobs will take it, hundreds of jobs from elsewhere. Maybe attract uh, better salaries would attract individuals into the workforce that aren't currently working. But this dynamic of workforce around here is very interesting to look at. When you listen to the way Bob Garrett outlines it, you know, they sort of have this... Uh, uh, what, do they, what do they call the game? Cubic, where you have sort of three-dimensional checkers. You know, if you move one checker, it impacts the vulnerability of another, like child care. You have a lot of people around here that can't go to work because they can't find good child care slots, so they're not in the workforce. So it, and all this is interconnected. All right, are thank you leading you. to something? Uh, your gums are going 100 miles an hour, but I'm not certain where you're headed. Oh, I just wanted to tell people that I'm not <laughs> as stupid as I look sometimes. <laughs> well, you, it was sounded very intelligent. Thank I'm you. Not certain I understood a <laughs> thank word you, you said. Thank you and good night, everybody. <laughs> this is where you leave. You remember in the Seinfeld episode? Where, yes, uh, I remember every Seinfeld okay, episode. Okay, we're, we're <laughs> you're supposed to leave on a high note. Right. Stan, you're on the mark. Yeah, uh, you had on the news brief there... The local was a local DA, a candidate. His uh, petition to run was rejected because he got it in too late. Is yes, that what I heard? That's correct. Okay. So that's a state law, I'm assuming, correct? Uh, don't know. Might be, a, might be the county just closes at 430. It might be there I think that was the way I understood it, that because of, okay. uh, of what the standard is in the county, for a state office, you can file till 5 o'clock. For a county office, if the county office closes at 430, you have to file by 430. Okay. Okay. So so it's a county election law. That's it's a, Basically, it's an election law. That would seem reasonable, Yes. Okay, so the county's going to stand by their election law, but the, the state don't necessarily have to because during the last election, if mail-in ballots weren't properly filled out, they would still be counted according to the judges. Oh, that was what, is that, 2021? Is that how I understood that? Was that 2021 or 2020? That was 2020. 2022. Yeah, it was, it was 2022? Yeah, that's right, it was 2022. Yeah. yeah. So they, they the, the court said it was okay if they weren't filled out properly. Right. That's election law that was set by the legislature, not by the courts, because last time I checked, the courts can't make election law. Right. Well, and the, the fact is that they were, they were told that they could um, didn't have to fill, fill the date out on the front of the form that was held to be de minimis. Oh, right. okay. The courts aren't supposed okay, to draw because, redistricting because maps either. Matter. Why do they do that? <laughs> Right? Is that it? Because laws don't matter? I'm not uh, arguing one side or the other. I'm just answering your question. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I, my point was, okay, this guy has failed to meet election law standards, yet the state can change the election law through the court because they want to. That's 
something that something that seems a little bit off there to me. Well, I think the things that they did with the ballots, which I always argued was uh, relatively immaterial, but uh, when it comes to voting, you should stay in compliance with the letter of the law. So that's where I fall on, you know, not filling out the ballot the correct way. But in any event. Um, Getting your petitions in time is a little too black and white. I I understand that, Mark, and it's black and white. That's the law. So he failed to comply with the law. So he was rejected. I understand that. Same should go with everything else down the election law line. Gotcha. Not because some lawyer comes in and says, we don't like this, we're going to take it to the courts and let them change it. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. Well, it would be awfully hard for anybody to come back and appeal that decision because everybody knew they publish a list of dates and important times uh, for the election process that they hand out to candidates, and right on it, it says when they have to have their nominating petitions filed. If they don't file them on time, they don't get on the ballot. It's that simple. When you are permitted to file your petition, Early, right? You don't have to file is... them on the last day at the last minute. <laughs> I understand, and I'm not arguing with that. I'm just saying that the, the the I don't know what the word is. The inconsistency with the laws makes mm-hmm. no sense. But okay. So as far as Newsom, I was you know talking about that. You know, Newsom. My understanding what Newsom's doing with the abortion pill is Walgreens doesn't can't by law in 20 states in the country sell the abortion pill. The state says they can't. In 30 states, they can, so they will. But Newsom says, unless you sell it in all 50 states, you're not going to get state business in the state of California. Now, what does he think he is? The the, the, uh, master of the universe, or what? Well, I know what he is, but I can't say it on the air. (laughs) I agree with you, Joe. (laughs) How do you spell it? It starts with an A. And and this guy thinks he wants to be president of the United States when he can't abide by normal common law, you know, the Walgreens is following the law. They're obeying the law. They may not like it, but that's the law. So they're going to obey it, and he's saying, well, if you don't break the law, then you can't do business with us. Well, quite frankly, I wouldn't want to do business with a state that wants me to break the law. Because they're not the ones that's going to have to pay the penalty when the feds or the state or whoever comes after me for breaking the law. Well, the other question would be, how much business does California do with any particular drug chain? Well, I, well, it's, with the Medicaid stuff, prescriptions through Medicaid are filled through probably drugstores, right? That's a federal. A dr- that's a, a federal program. A pers- that's a federal program. Well, yeah, yeah, but they got Cali, Cali Aid or whatever it is. It's California. They have California Medicaid, not Medicare, Medicaid. Now mm-hmm. the feds help supplement it, just like in Pennsylvania, but it's still a state program. Same thing in California. California has their, whatever it's called, I think it's Cali, Calamed or something like that. So if the patients are prescribed a medicine and the, and the state's going to pay for it, well, they're telling basically you can't go to Walgreens to get that your prescription filled because we're not dealing with Walgreens anymore to pay them for any other prescription. Well, that doesn't seem fair, does it? Well, no, it's, it's probably highly illegal, too, but that's neither here nor there. That'll have to be fought out in the courts if they want to. And the war on women that's going on from the left is just freaking atrocious these days. Did you see that the White House awarded a trans guy the International Brave Woman Award, something, International Woman of Bravery or something like that award either yesterday or the day before? No, I missed that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so, surprised Fox so, didn't so have an, aw- aw- <laughs> an award for an international woman is given to a guy. 
because he thinks he's a woman. So the war on women is just getting worse and worse. Now, I know some people say, well, you know, you, you have to accept them for what they are and how they want to identify. Mm, yeah, no. Sorry, I cannot be forced to accept them for that. They can do what they want, but I don't have to accept it. And that's the difference. For them to force that down people's throat is wrong. That's tyranny. To force people to, to toe the line saying, you know, you yes, you are a woman when you know everybody knows you are not. That's tyranny. And it's just going to get worse. But give the people, to give a man a woman's award is another sign of the war on women from the left. Just don't throw that out there. Let people make up their own minds. But it's not right. So, y'all have a great day. All right, I thank gotta you. Go. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, we'll take a quick break. we got a caller standing by. 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. That's 570-743-WKOK. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com. We do have five emails still pending. We'll get to those ASAP. Callers come first. Thank you for the very thoughtful and lengthy emails, but callers come first. So Mike's going to be on the radio, then we'll read the emails. Coming up. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark Upper Right Hand Corner Show. Rob says in 2020, the Green Party was kept off the presidential ballot in Pennsylvania because at the height of COVID, they sent their petition electronically. In the 2016 election, the Green Party took 50,000 votes away from Hillary Clinton. Oh, curses. That would explain why they didn't get on the ballot. That's not good. (laughs) And and you saw the fallout. All right. Uh, Mr. Mike from Bloomsburg, PA. We are talking about Encina, but also a lot of election laws not being applied evenly. What's your thought on these topics? Election laws not being applied evenly? Right. That's just politics, isn't it? Well, it shouldn't be. If an election law says you have to have your petitions at uh, by 5 p.m. and you're not, then you shouldn't be on the ballot. Likewise, if you fill out a mail-in ballot here in Pennsylvania and you don't fill out all the fields, uh, some counties help you cure the ballot, meaning fix it. They contact you and help you fix it. Others, other counties don't do that. They either accept or don't or reject them. And the courts ruled that a ballot that is not 100% filled out properly can still be accepted. So, so uh, what you're telling me is in Pennsylvania, laws are kind of arbitrary? Election laws vary. You know, courts make rules just like they make the redistricting maps now when it becomes an impasse. You know, <laughs> that's not constitutional either. Yeah. Well, I, 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 hey, that's the age we're living in. I mean, 
uh, it's getting to the point where, I mean, I guess it's always been anything goes, but now with the advent of uh, artificial intelligence, all the data that's available, there's a, a tremendous opportunity for parties to gain power over each other with the use of data and uh, with the use of state supreme courts that would go one way or another depending on you know what blue cities or red cities control those states so it's to me it's kind of like the wild wild west except the stakes are a lot higher right now because i i still cannot get over the fact that we're still dwelling on january 6th uh today what is it going on two and a half years later or whatever and uh it's still the is it two year and a half years or three i don't know well house republicans say they want to well yeah we passed the one year anniversary the house republicans say they want to do a republican leaning investigation now they had a democratic leaning one they thought and now they want a republican one oh well let's face it is there anything that's bipartisan that that, uh, ever happens around here only only when we're in a crisis I think and uh, a lot of times the crises are manufactured to get bipartisanship but no I I do believe you know I uh, I was listening to uh, the radio we were going to Philadelphia yesterday I was listening on my uh, phone to your show and I'm I'm hearing about uh, this Tucker Carlson show and how the guy's insane and he's telling all these lies and stuff so that kind of motivated me to to record it at one o'clock in the morning or whenever it comes on at that hour. And I, and I looked at it this morning and I, I have to say that Tucker Carlson, this is just the way I see things. He kind of laid things out and he used data from the official government statements with what happened. And then he juxtaposed them with what the, the Democrat talking points are. And it just seemed to me that the facts seemed to be on Tucker Carlson's uh, side as opposed to what these narratives coming out of the left-wing media is. So, you know, what is the truth anymore? Well, why what, is it what, that, what, uh, what the like, laws? why is it that, like, Mitch McConnell and all these lawmakers, Congressman Muser and all the rest who were there said it was a, a violent riot inside the Capitol and that the police were there, that were there, you know, have given their description of, of how, how violent it was. Why is, when Tucker says it was nonviolent, why is he telling the truth and everybody else who was there is lying? Well, maybe the real question should be, where does what Tucker Carlson say differ from what the mainstream media and what the Democrats are saying? Well, you said that the facts seem to be on his side. What facts? Are you talking to me? Yes, I'm talking. Oh, yes, I'm talking to you. Sorry. Okay. Well, the 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 uh, Democrat left say there were six deaths uh, of uh, police officers, and you know basically what Tucker said was five of them were caused by suicide, okay, at a later date. And, and one of them, they originally, I think the, the narrative that was put out was this police officer was beat over the head with a fire extinguisher. And that, that wasn't listed as the cause of death, okay, so that wasn't true. And then we, we don't know exactly what the cause of death was, but evidently he wasn't beaten to death uh, there. And again, this, the, the point I'm trying to make is when you have narratives that are so incendiary that are put out for public consumption 
and allowed to stand with half of the people in the country, you, you're sowing the seeds for division and, you know, and, and to me, and, and hate. And that's really very disruptive to trying to mend a country that is certainly in trouble, as we can all agree on, uh, the three people talking right now. The, the country is in significant trouble. And from what I understand today, Biden's going to come out with even more spending and more taxes, as if that's going to uh, stem the, the trends that we have right now, which most likely the more spending is going to help inflation, and the taxes is going to hurt the economy. And when, when half of the people believe that the Republicans are horrible and the other half believe that the Democrats are horrible, we're, we're in no position to get better. And, and that's my point. And, and my point, my also, I, I, I just want to say that when these narratives can come out of these media companies so opposite, so opposite, that where is the truth? Yet, the technology people will just, they, you know, during the 2020 election, they just shut down anybody that went against the prevailing uh, narratives of the, of the Democrats. We were shut down. I was shut down. Okay? And... Uh, so how is it okay for censorship of the, of the right, and, and, and why do people say that's okay? Because they come out and say, well, it's a conspiracy theory. You know, I saw a meme. What's, what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? The guy said oh, about six months. Because All right, we got to hit the road, the- Mike. we got to get going. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Take Thank care. you for the airtime. Like I said, this is the last bastion of free speech, and I like to take advantage of it. Yeah, Have a good are. one. Good yeah. Yeah. Thank, Thank you care. so much. All right, we'll take a quick break. we got callers standing by and lots of emails. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. If you wish to join the queue of emails, we're going to try to go caller, email, caller, email, caller, email, because we got a half a dozen very thoughtful emails we'd like to get to. So we'll try to get as many of those in as we can. Uh, but if you wish to get in queue on the mark at WKOK.com, and uh, you can call us 570-743-9565. Uh, Jim from Shemokin, PA, you heard Encina answer the questions today. What's your reaction to what you heard. Mark, Mark and Joe. Joe, since you get your drinking water from the river, <laughs> don't you think that will also hurt your drinking water with the plastic plant 
Joe. And the Shemokin Crick. Truth, please. Well, as they said, <laughs> and it, I thought it was a rather disingenuous answer, uh, we treat the water and we take it out of the river. We don't just drink it straight from the river. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, uh, that a little fishy. obviously doesn't really need explanation that we do that. What I was asking was whether they're adding anything new, and he says they're not. Uh, but, you know, uh, I understand from our borough manager that the West and North Branch waters don't really mix a great deal by the time they get to our intake. So we get our water from the West Branch, which is not where the plant will be located. Oh. Joe, also, uh, is the, or Mark, is the Shemokin Creek monitored like, uh, uh, like the, any, I'm not quite sure how I want to ask this. Like the discharge? Shemokin Creek, well, there's different environmentalists and the River Basin Commission monitors, but nobody draws water from it, so it's not tested like the river water is tested. No, I know they don't draw water from the Shemokin Creek, because up here we call it the SH Creek uh, <laughs> and that. Do you have a the, paddle? Yeah, that's the entire <laughs> length of the creek in Sunbury, too. <laughs> is so, the, the real like, name. Uh, when it empties into the Susquehanna, is it monitored down there? Or? Uh, I, not really. I think environmental groups do it. River keepers monitor that sort of thing to see if maybe there's been any improvement in the acidity of the water. But, uh, of course, you know it's a dead creek. So right. your watershed groups are really working hard to do the work there. And I like your show in that. And I hope you gentlemen stay safe and... God bless to both of you. Well, thank you. We need it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I love listening to you. Thanks, Jim. We love having you as a listener. Take right, care. Thank you so much. Who's next? Joseph. Oh, you, oh, want, you said you wanted me to read Hold on, email. Joseph. Stand by. Just one second. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. All right. This is going to be lengthy. Perhaps you could forward to them. I have some questions to ask. First, being that I heard one of their investors is China, since our relations with China seem to be deteriorating, do they have backup investors lined up? Or is our community going to be stuck with a partially built plant? No job jobs and no income from this endeavor. Second, actually, I, if you had been listening to the program, I asked them about that, and they say there is China. no Chinese involvement. Second, you have said that there will be no dangers in the purification of the water. Have you asked these people the hard questions? Can they really make these claims? Because if they can't, you may be left with a company that is riddled with lawsuits, bad press, and setbacks in the area of recycling, not to mention intervention from government probes. Along with this, will we be left with polluted water and soil, people who may have lifetime illnesses, and God knows what, all of which you will be held accountable for. Us? Yep, I think so. Joseph, you're on the mark. Thank you for waiting. Yes, I was enjoying your comments of your caller before the last caller uh, about the Capitol uh, riots. Uh, I've seen those films that Tucker showed, and uh, the Charmin, or whatever he's called, the guy with the horns <laughs> on his head. <laughs> Not Charmin. Shaman. Shaman. Shaman, Shaman or whatever. Shaman. It showed him walking peacefully through the Capitol with a policeman. The policeman even tried to open the door for him so he could get into another room or something that was locked. Then he walked back through with this policeman, and there were like five, I think five policemen standing there in the hallway. And they didn't even give him a second glance. He walked through them and, and peacefully walked around uh, in there. He did nothing that I saw was uh, destructive. Now, and, and Tucker, when he brought this out, he said, hey, I'm against this, uh, uh, this uh, violence that those people did that broke the windows out and carried on like that. 
he, he said right up front, I'm against that. But he said, this man, and then he was in the Senate room there, or right behind uh, Nancy Pelosi's chair, and he actually prayed and gave thanks uh, for the policemen that helped him there, you know, and helped him in, in the Capitol. And I, I cannot understand how he got four years in jail for this. And, and, and by the way, they talked to his lawyer. He had his lawyer on Tucker's show. And he said, we were not given that evidence of those films. The Democrats held that from his lawyer, which was unlawful. And they could have presented that to the judge. Now, my question is, that being brought out now because the Democrats, oh, Chuck Schumer was so terribly upset about that, showing those films. Uh, of him walking peacefully around with the policeman. Uh, if the judge, which I'm sure he's seen those films, he didn't see them, obviously, before, unless he's a crooked judge, didn't see them before the trial. Or, but now if he saw them, why would not he, if I were his, if I were the judge and sentenced him to four years, I would revoke that sentence and, uh, you know, let the guy out. Well, he was charged with obstruction of Congress, not specifically uh, doing something, you know, ultra-violent. Well, he wasn't obstructing anything. He was just, you know, there was hundreds in there that didn't get charged, that they know who they were. They weren't, you know, but they, they charged a certain few. Well, he pleaded guilty to obstructing Congress. He admitted it. He said, quote, I was wrong for entering the Capitol. I have no excuse, no this excuse. This is yeah, the that, that, isn't yes. four, that isn't a four-year sentence. No, 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 no. That, that's not worthy of that. And, and by the way, they said, too, and they pushed this narrative, that, uh, what, four of them killed that day? No, no, no. That's a lie. And, and they showed the guy that was supposedly hit on the head with a uh, fire extinguisher, walking in the Capitol after that incident, directing people, and he was perfectly fine. And he didn't die that day. I, I guess he committed suicide later, but that, that, you know what I mean, they lie about that stuff. I mean, it's just a, this narrative that they're bringing is, is, is just not right, you know. And I really feel for the guy that was locked up there. And I, I think, was he not the guy that was sitting in Nancy Pelosi's chair with his feet up on her desk? I do not believe so. I think that was somebody else. I thought it was him. I'm not sure. But, boy, that guy, I'm sure they can lock him up. <clears throat> I think we saw him parading around the Senate after it was evacuated in the Senate chamber. I have a vague recollection of that. But in any event, obstructing Congress is a felony, and it, it draws a five- to ten-year term. He's lucky he got off with four years. But he is repentant and uh, pleaded guilty. And what about testified all the other people parading around in there? Oh, I think uh, hundreds of people have been sentenced. I don't take it four years, or five to ten, or whatever. Yeah, I don't think his is the longest term, and certainly not the shortest. So, but uh, yeah, look it up, see what you find out, and let us know. All Tucker, right. you know, Tucker presents both sides of these things. I know Joe don't like Tucker. The other day he said he didn't like him. Now well, I, I, said, I said I don't watch him. I don't have an opinion about him personally, one way or the other. Oh, I thought you said you didn't like. No, him. No, I don't watch him. I've said that many times. We well, ought to turn it on sometime. <laughs> well, yeah, you see some other sides of this thing, you know yeah. what I mean? Joseph, one of our listeners, agrees with you and says, Thank God I'm not blind. I watched Chuck Carlson's program two nights, and I saw with my own eyes at least five, capital five, F-I-V-E, Capitol Police escorted that guy with all the horns all over the Capitol. Yeah. Well, it wasn't five that were escorting him. One 
was escorting him, but he walked right through five of them standing there, and they never batted an eye, you know, as if he was doing something wrong. Right. Well, but he this, wasn't. This woman agrees. She very much supports the insurrection and says, unfortunately, the guy's been sentenced to four years in prison. For what? Of course, no one should have gone into the Capitol that night, but th- they were assisted. It's been said both the FBI and the Capitol Police were yeah. part of it, encouraging the people into the building. Why they felt the need to smash the windows is beyond me when they were there were willing escorts available. No wonder Mitch McConnell fell in a Washington ho- la- hotel last night. I believe that the whole Democrat Democratic crowd who think they have the upper hand in this huge lie were all out drinking themselves into oblivion because they were outed. It's high time for this BS stops. They want to have Tucker Carlson removed from Fox News. Ha 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 ha. It's all against Trump to keep him from becoming the Republican candidate. Disgusting! And by the way, by the way, there was only one person murdered that day. And that was that lady that was shot. And why wasn't there uh, an investigation into that? Investigation into that. She had no weapons. There was no threatening thing uh, against this uh, officer, whoever shot him. But that was really hushed up, and his name was even kept back from the press who done that. You yep. know what I'm saying? All right, we got to go. Thank you so much, Joseph. Thanks Thank for you, calling Joseph. in. Really appreciate it. All right, hold on, Lance. You are next. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I. I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the out of auto repair. All right, a little email on the upper right-hand corner. Yes, we have an email and a brief text. The J6 committee chair is saying they never had access to the hours of video, was viewed by staff. Backpedal much? And one of our texters says, I hope Eric has duct tape wrapped around his head so it doesn't explode after Joseph spit all those facts about January 6th. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, Lance, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Oh, you bet. Well, you know, January 6th really was probably the stupidest afternoon in American history. And when the cops saw that guy with the horns coming, they probably looked at each other and said, yeah, this is D.C., right? Okay. That's how I feel about the whole deal. Now, with the E.D. Hospital, you know, getting the national award like that, well, they really deserve it. I mean, we've had much interaction with them over the years and how they can, well, can only explain it as they exude efficiency, seriousness, and competency and come across as so down home and friendly that it's unbelievable. And they manage all that. It's, it's really terrific. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking to the janitor or you're talking to the surgeon. It's, it's all the same place. And uh, they really deserve that award. Now, Checks in the mail. 
Okay. Well, I agree with you. For what it's worth, I agree with you. They're yeah, an outstanding facility. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. In every oh, way. Yeah. It's We're lucky to have them. Uh, mm-hmm, I agree. Well, anyway, uh, you were talking about uh, happiness uh, sort of leaves, you know, at the uh, half a million dollar level. Well, see, the thing is there, the actual physical happiness you're talking about, you got all the toys and you're having fun and the whole bit. And over that... What it is, is the job you're doing itself is bringing you such intangible uh, satisfaction that it's really quite incredible. That's why you do it, because you love the job. Uh, People who only ever work for a paycheck, they just don't understand. Even uh, on a uh, shop level where I worked, they couldn't understand, you know, why there were certain people. I sure was one of them. It worked all that overtime. What in the world are you doing there? Out of money and just be money. It wasn't the money. I enjoyed what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing. Like, if you ever read, uh, well, I say he didn't really write it, but you ever read uh, Trump's The Art of the Deal? No, thanks. Well, see what I mean? You don't even, don't even give the guy a chance. You well, know? I'm giving him a chance. I just don't need to read his book. Well, okay. All right, it might change your mind. About what? About what kind of a person he is? Well, no, there's certain aspects of the person. The person that can be the absolute schlunk has an aspect to them that is you can appreciate. This is how you can discuss uh, religion, politics, and whatever without melting down. You mm-hmm. look at different aspects of this individual. And that's the See theme of his back. book? That's the theme of his book? I doubt it. No, it is the, how, the art of the deal. It really is. Well, yeah. he certainly, it, 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 he certainly it, could have stood a cop to read a copy of uh, <laughs> have How to Win Friends book. and Influence People, uh, because he certainly didn't do that a lot. Well, he did influence people, but he didn't win Andrew many Carnegie. friends. Andrew Carnegie? Andrew Carnegie, no. Um, is it not Andrew Carnegie? No, he was a steel uh, the man. The other one. Yeah, the, and it wasn't Carnegie. It was Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dale. Um, yeah I, I took the Dale Carnegie course once. It was pretty neat. I think it was in high school. Mm-hmm. How many pencils did you win? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a neat joke there. <laughs> right. That's sort of inside baseball, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's inside sure. Dale Carnegie. You Carnegie's well, <laughs> joking with each other. You're, t- you're talking about uh, um, a um, pool of uh, employees, you know, for the new uh, uh, new company mm-hmm. in there. Encina. Well, I, I think Merck is moving out completely, aren't they? Yep. Okay. Well, that is going to be a pool of extremely skilled workers that are used to good pay benefits yeah. and getting paid for what they do. It's not and coincidence. I think they probably even looked at that. Yeah, it's not they coincidence. Really I'm sure they examined that they got some skilled, chemically oriented workers uh, yeah. already in the hey. region. Mm-hmm. All right, we got uh, you, Lance. Lance Thank you so call. much, sir. Thanks for calling in. Oh, yeah. You bet. Right. Why don't you you talk to us about Sunbury Motor Company, Mark? I want to get to the emails, but I have to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company because they have the Hyundai Ionic, the Hyundai Ionic 5, which is a EV. They have the Hyundai Kona and the Hyundai Kona Electric, the Hyundai Santa Fe, 
the Hyundai Santa Cruz, which is a cool little small pickup truck. You might like that. The Hyundai Palisade and the Hyundai Nexo. These are some of the vehicles that Hyundai makes. Now, they may or may not have all of these on the lot at any given time, but they all have forward cross warning. They all have rear cross track warning. They all have pedestrian detection, lane keeping assistance, and lane departure warning. And that is just among the many safety accoutrements that they have on the Hyundais that you can get at the Sunbury Motor Company. Go to sunburymotors.com, check out the existing inventory, or do as uh, I'm going to have to do for Joe is get him a, did you see the high marks for the uh, Kia Telluride? We're going to have to order up one of those. Well, you've for lied you. to me about ordering vehicles for me that never arrive. You were going to well, buy me a truck. Well, they did arrive, but they were so <laughs> tricked out that they got bought. I'm sorry. I cannot control the Sunbury Motor Company, and since they don't put any money down on them. <laughs> We're sort of depending upon the uh, largesse of the merchants to just keep it for you forever uh, while I talk about it, and that's not going to work. Hyundai Sonata, Hyundai Tucson, Hyundai Veloster, Hyundai Venue uh, are some more of the models that you can order up at the Sunbury Motor Company. They would love to do business with you. Sunbury Motors and sunburymotors.com, ultra-reliable Hyundais available on North 4th Street in Sunbury. Joe, read, please. All right, WRR says, <clears throat> I was taught when communicating with the general public you need to speak and write at a fifth grade level in order to get your message across. Reader's Digest was written at fifth grade level. Regarding election laws, it appears your caller didn't understand the meaning of the term de minimis since that was the main reason driving the court decision. Perhaps you could do a better job communicating at a level everyone will understand. Yeah, Joe, don't talk over people's head. You're so Well, arrogant. de minimis is, means simply that it's so trivial it doesn't merit consideration, and that's what the court held. Inconsequential? Well, that would work too, but that's inconsequential de minimis. One more syllable in inconsequential than there is in de minimis. <laughs> well, de minimis <laughs> is two words, isn't it? Well, it, it's it D could is be. the meaning. Uh, it, well, it's got a space between them. Right, yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's it's two words. I've seen it in court <laughs> papers. <laughs> All right. Uh, and can someone please no, explain? No, we'll read that tomorrow about, oh. the, about not working. We'll, we'll have to redo All that right. one. Well, in any event, our time is up for today. Thank you for putting in four long days this week. One of which I had to really work. Right, the Catbird <laughs> Week. Although you don't have to check the text messages like I do, you lucky guy. But uh, we'll be, I'll be my back goal, tomorrow. My goal, my New Year's resolution is to learn how to do the text messages. Oh. But next, I break all my New Year's next resolutions. Next New Year, you mean. <laughs> right. Okay, we got to wait eight months just to get to the resolution. This is WKOK Sunbury.